Hello ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Acting Inspired with me, Lewis Goody, and this week, a gentleman named Michael McCaffrey. Michael is a meditation dude. I was going to say instructor, but I guess that wouldn't be the word he would use, facilitator, I suppose. Anyway, he knows his shit about meditation and Buddhism and all that stuff, and I thought it would be interesting to hear his idea of how meditation might be able to help actors with some of the daily stuff that they go through or just generally in life it's a little bit different to the normal form but I think it's actually a really good chat and I think it'll be really useful for anyone who's had a thought about this before or even anyone who's not thought about this before maybe to try it out because I feel like and as you'll find out throughout the journey of this chat I'm not sure how it's helping me but I do feel like something has changed in me and and is just making the general vibe a bit better but we'll get into that in the podcast so without any further ado I present to you Mr. Michael McCaffrey. Take a trip on the canal if you want to have fun. Thanks for coming here. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Um, I totally forgot that we were going to see each other tonight anyway. Uh, yeah. At meditation. Twice in one day. Exactly. <laughs> better than none. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, d- I don't really know how to start this because usually there's quite a, I guess the form of the podcast is an actor who is, you know, decided to create something themselves or do their own work. But mm-hmm. I thought talking to you would be really cool because um, obviously I've discovered meditation for myself mm-hmm. in the last few months and partly through you or a lot through you mm-hmm. um, and through Kai going to one of your retreats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I want to talk about all that kind of stuff. But I, can you like, because I, re- I only really know you from go into your meditation classes okay. or cl- not classes I guess yeah just the, the gatherings yeah. yeah that's right groups um so who the hell are you <laughs> what are you doing here that is the question isn't it <laughs> yeah, I, I know. <laughs> that was not intentional <laughs> um all right well so okay brief overview Ooh. uh where do we start um I instruct people in meditation mm-hmm. I run retreats um, and it all started, I suppose, I mean, as far back as I can remember in many ways, and you know, just, I've always been insanely curious about, uh, the state of my own mind and life and reality and what's going on here. Yeah. Um, like many, I would say that I tried to shoehorn myself into conventional, the conventional ways of being so you know got to a certain age and I kind of had to leave the curiosity behind to sort of be cool at school and not be sort of sitting in the corner contemplating infinity because <laughs> doesn't get you a girlfriend at 15 <laughs> so you 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 had this curiosity from like like three four years old I was having experiences that I couldn't quantify I mean obviously at that age but I mean I had a lot of very powerful very profound insights and experiences wow I I can recall being a baby and looking out of my cot at a certain age and just seeing these mumbling figures looking over me which I now know are my parents (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, so I, and I used to co- commonly um, contemplate infinity, and on a few occasions had some quite big experiences just through trying to wrap my mind around the concept of, of yeah. beginningless and endless. Jesus. Um, but then, as I said, you get into teenage years, and you have to start to sort of conform a little, otherwise you're going to be considered pretty fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can swear on this. Yeah, right? yeah, it's totally great. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, so. So I had to kind of put that to one side and, and I did in a way, I, I did for a while, but it, there was always this gnawing sense of, of not being authentic in my lo- life, not pursuing the things I really, I found sort of really important to me in some way. 
So after a long time of kind of repressing this stuff, it came to a head in that I was seeking some form of contentment or peace in my life and I didn't find it anywhere. And eventually I found drugs, um, which kind of worked for a very short time. Yeah. And then, but then in a very short period of using, I went from sort of recreational fun time once a week user to um, crackhead. Right. In a relatively short time, and I realised at that point, okay, so I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much as I can't do. There's not many drugs left for me to do, and this isn't working. So maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I need to get back in touch with whatever it was. This was all intuitive rather than a sort of a thought out. Yeah, thing. yeah. And I found a flyer for a meditation group, and I had heard somewhere before that it was successful or, or valuable in in um, recovering drug addicts or alcohol. Uh, um, alcoholics and so I went along and I, I learned to meditate and quit that day wow. I haven't used since that day that day where, where was that that would have been 2010 wow yeah and where did you do this first meditation? oh the meditation group was actually it was so I learned first meditation I was transcendental meditation or Vedic meditation which right. involves uh, using like a, a mantra that you are assigned and you repeat in your head and that becomes sort of your focus of your meditation right 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 in the same way as it's your breath in other meditations yeah. it's just this con this word and eventually everything sort of falls out of your mind and you're left with this word and then sometimes the word would disappear and there's just a, a sort of a calm or a stillness. Wow. Uh, but about a year after that, I found myself on my first Zen retreat. I always ha had a huge draw towards Zen Buddhism yeah. and they work with koans, which are these sort of enigmatic questions they ask, which are um, sort of designed to um, halt the thinking rational mind and give you an experience of, of before that, before right. all the chatter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they, the question I was given by uh, my teacher on the course was, who are you? <laughs> and that rocked my world. Yeah, I mean, I, it really, a lot happened in that week. And then sort of, I, I mean, in many ways, the rest is history. That was, that was really, that was the catalyst for me sort of pursuing this path a lot more. Uh, I spent some time in a, in a monastery in Nepal. Oh, wow. A Tibetan monastery studying Tibetan Buddhism. Jesus. Um, I have been on quite a lot of retreats since both in groups and solitary retreats as well where I just take myself off to a cabin and and just be by myself for a few days sounds uh, good and I run retreats as well yeah of course so, Kai, yeah. was that did you were you running the one that Kai came on that's to? right yeah we have a mutual friend who's an actress also yeah <laughs> uh, who recommended it to Kai because she taught yoga on one of our retreats oh cool so Kai came along uh, funnily enough, got a last minute booking because somebody cancelled. Oh, wow. Funny how these things yeah, happen. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and then here we are. Amazing, man. Here we are. So, like, I'm curious because I've always um, it, not... I've always been... I consider myself to be a peaceful person, <laughs> um, which some people who are hearing this will completely disagree with. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've always considered myself quite calm, quite peaceful, quite, you know, whatever. Yeah, relaxed, all of the above, laid back, mm -hmm. um, which doesn't necessarily fit at all, but gave me a curiosity for, for I don't know what you'd call it, spiritual stuff. Uh, contemplation. Yeah, but I mean more like the commercial side of it, unfortunately. Right, okay, yeah. So like yeah. I'd go, oh, um, yeah, I had like a strange attraction to crystals and shit when mm -hmm. I was a kid and mm -hmm. like um, little shrine, little Buddha figures when, before I even knew what Buddha was. And mm -hmm. I still don't at yeah. all. Like, it, it's, it's something that I've just been happy to go, that seems good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And... I feel like I relate to that right, in yeah. some way, mm -hmm. but I have no idea what any of it is. Like, are there, how many strands of Buddhism are there? How many different types of meditation are there? Um, I mean, that's a massive question. Yeah, there's lots. Yeah. <laughs> there's lots. I mean, all effectively pointing at the same, uh, the same thing. Yeah. Just from different perspectives. Really. Okay. Um, so yeah. That's, yeah. that's about it so what is the thing that they're all pointing at 
if that's you, a if fantastic you question. Um, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. You can't say it. It's it's right. it's something that we we. Um, the way I kind of teach it in some ways is that our whole lives we've been trained to notice what arises in the foreground of our lives. Right. And we have dismissed or ignored the background to what's happening. So really the background is quite significant. When you begin to pay attention to the background, you get some degree of perspective in your life. You get some degree of... Um, a foreground exclusive of a background is not a full picture. Right. So therefore the background is is uh, incredibly important to give you some context with which to understand all the stuff happening in the foreground of your life, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. So it's kind of pointing towards something we're missing or something we're overlooking or a, a, mis a commonly held misconception that we may have. Um, I mean, within Buddhist teachings, there are, for example, you know, the, the teachings of impermanence um, so that, you know, nothing lasts. Yeah. Um, and yet most people have this sense that they're, they're going to they're gonna last, you know, yeah. you know, some way, even beyond death, there might be a heaven or reincarnation or there's this sense of, of or, hell. A, or hell. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, this sense of solidity, this sense of something that persists and. Buddha taught that that's that's one of the one of the things that um, will cause us to suffer if we believe in it too strongly. If we believe right. in in this sort of sense of permanence, yeah. um, so that's just one of the things, really. But I mean, really, it's just on a very human level, it's just noticing how much of what we think we see in the world is our own projection. It's right. coming from our own deeply held views beliefs, ideas, concepts, which have all been conditioned. They're all conditioned by our experiences, culture, religion, family, things that we had no control over. So many of the things, many of the opinions we believe to be our own are questionable. Yeah, 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 sure. So it allows you to kind of study your mind. I mean, I would say Buddha was the first, so the first psychotherapist. Right. He, un he learnt to understand the mind in a way that perhaps we still we're catching up with. I mean, Buddhism and psychotherapy are, are fusing nowadays in, in many respects. I mean, there's so many books now about where they meet, right. where they can complement one another. Um, so he really, because I remember as a kid always thinking, you know, like, why is nobody else seemingly as disturbed by their minds as I am? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why does everybody seem to have a lid on this? Why, why, why is there no manual? Why does nobody teach you what's going on up here? Yeah. Because... For the most part, that's not happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until, for me, I stumbled into Buddhism, which allowed, which gave you a sort of a map of what is happening. And, and actually, rather than tell you what's happening, gave you the tools to look for yourself. So right. you could quantify it rather than just, um, rather than just take on another, yet another belief. Yeah, because then that's another condition. It's, it's another thing. So it's actually just look for yourself, yeah. see what you find. And here are the tools to look for yourself. I think that's what people struggle with, isn't it? Like me, well, probably even most people who are involved in meditation or, mm -hmm. or whatever, they, we, we want an answer. Of course, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, our whole our whole conditioning is geared towards uh, like a means to an end. We, everything has to lead to a point of, of conclusion or resolution. Yeah, or yeah. This is the answer. Like, what is the it that's being pointed to? Right. It's far too... It's a head um, Yeah, I mean, entirely. I mean, really, meditation in many ways is, is, is entirely pointless. But that's not a bad thing. Of course not, no. Right. Because our whole, again, we're so geared towards doing things in order to get to or achieve the, the outcome of this or that. And meditation is the one opportunity you give yourself in the day to just sit you're going to get nothing out of it you might or you might not but that's kind of beside the point yeah. but we we in, a, in the west tend to adopt the idea that if i meditate i will get this so which kind of then almost contradicts the real pointlessness of meditation the idea is simply to just immerse yourself wholeheartedly in the act of sitting just be just be in that moment because how often are we doing that in our day-to-day -day lives yeah not very we're always our minds are off somewhere else planning or yeah. you know recollecting something that happened and 
we're very rarely grounded with both feet in our lives in this moment as it's happening. Yeah. It's quite funny for me because I, 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 th- I feel like I'm a complete contradiction to, to myself in that <laughs> join the club yeah, uh, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. So I, I can easily sit down and do nothing and quite often do sit mm-hmm. down and do nothing for extended periods of time but mm-hmm. my brain is going fucking nuts as i imagine most people's are yeah. um you know uh um it's like uh i can't remember what i was gonna say <laughs> Uh, well I'll, I'll put in I'll, I'll stick something in there which is that simply that meditation one of the for me one of the core misconceptions about meditation is that you're supposed to achieve a empty mind right many still I've been practicing for quite a number of years and many of my meditations are still very busy however you can develop the the capacity to observe that as it's happening in real time so rather than getting caught in the the content of your thoughts which are always past and um, past and future yeah yeah you begin to see the immediacy of the thought happening now irrespective of the content if that makes any sense to you i think so so a thought is happening now much in the same way as your heart is beating now or there might be a sensation in your legs or feet or hands or that's all happening now that's immediately happening that's the spontaneity of life unfolding right now yeah the thought though will always be about something that's in time right we get forward or back yeah exactly and we get caught in that which then draws our attention out of this present moment into fantasies of the future or memories of the past but the immediacy of the moment is simply that the thoughts are happening so you can train the mind to watch itself in that way to just observe the thoughts happening much like you know on sky news you have the headlines across the bottom of the screen you're just seeing these thoughts arising and then collapsing on in on themselves again because again nothing lasts yeah yeah the reason we get caught in long trains of thought is because we give our attention to them and our attention are like a form of energy to it. So the more attention we put in, I mean, I used to, I found this very much, you know, my own experience when I, I suffered from depression through my twenties. And, you know, one train of thought would sideswipe me and three months later, I'm in a darkened room, haven't left the house for months because this one train of thought sucked all my attention into it. And I just ran with it. I just riffed on it like a jazz musician for like three months. And then I guess you're knackered. You're exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really, you know, that's what you're seeing in people who suffer from depression is not only this sort of mental exhaustion, but physical exhaustion because it just draws all of your energy. So meditation sort of is, is bringing you back to this right now, this as it's happening, which can include everything. And it it can include an overactive mind. And certainly when you're starting to meditate, Mm. it's going to be, I mean, wild. It's yeah, really, yeah. It's, a, it's, you know, in, in Buddhism, they call it monkey mind. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it just jumps from one thing to the other. It's here, there, and it's very, it's impossible to sort of catch. But the longer you sit, the longer you practice, the longer you can become aware of this moment, the nuances of this moment as it's happening and sort of not get caught in fantasies or memories. Do you think that would make me better at not forgetting my sentences halfway through? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Oh, that's yeah. all you're going to give me the whole time, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, I, it's different for everyone, really. Yeah, totally. I mean, for me, all of this stuff, all that kind of stuff fell away as, as you know, making me better at this or more of that or more. It's just like, I just feel like I'm rooted in my own life, which is, is enough. Yeah. All I wanted for many years was to feel alive. But because I was existing solely in my head in in fantasy realms yeah, yeah. that weren't ever happening. I mean, most of the things we worry about aren't happening. Yeah. Next time you're worrying about something, have a look around and see if it's actually happening Going in that on. moment. Yeah. Or are you pre-predicting something or worrying about something that's happened? And actually, how often do these things come to pass? Yeah. More often than not, we worry about it and it never turns out the way we thought it was going to. So the worry was kind of it's just more of feeding into that sort of almost that neurotic mindset. It's entirely useless, but it takes time to notice that. Yeah, sure. 
so deep. <laughs> <laughs> and yet so simple. Yeah, really. no, totally. Yeah. I mean, what if those fantasies and those thoughts and those uh, sidetrack things are good or like fun? I do it at night sometimes. I'll, I'll have a pointless or seemingly useless thought. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like it. And Fine. I'm like, oh, I'm going to play in this weird world for a minute. Yeah, great. There's no, the mind or thinking is not like some sort of enemy. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. just, it's just, it's, it's, most of the time it's generating unhelpful ideas about yourself, ideas about others, judgments, um, imposing its version of reality onto reality and have you react to the, your version rather than actually sort of, uh, responding to reality as it's happening. You know, this is why we fly off the handle at something so small because we're not reacting to the something small, we're reacting to our interpretation of the something small. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. So meditation over time builds up the capacity to notice that's happening, to notice how much of what you think is happening out there is simply a projection of your own mind and, and this this sort of filter that you have. So most people are like, this is why we miscommunicate. This is why we have wars. Yeah. This is why nobody understands one another, really, because we're all walking around with these filtered sort of virtual reality goggles on, but none of us seem to consciously realize that's happening. So we're arguing about whose virtual reality goggles are real. Yeah. And actually, none of them are ultimately real. They're all relatively real to us. Yeah, yeah. But maybe that some flexibility in our viewpoint comes about when we realize, okay, I'm seeing things in a very particular way, which is not necessarily the way, it's just a way. Yeah. So we can then be more flexible in our views. We can begin to realize that all views are entirely limited. Yeah. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I was expecting and I I probably knew it was going to be like this, but I tried not to, uh, you know, preempt anything. Um, it it but, boils yeah, down to just being human. Yeah, being human, accepting ourselves and accepting life as it's happening, and 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 acting out of this place of understanding things as they're happening, which we tend to always want to be more than we are. We want to eliminate these things so as we can be somehow perfect or better. Or yeah, and we're always aspiring to something, but I don't know anyone that's ever aspired to that point and then been content. Oh no. You just get to that point and then your horizon shifts yeah. and there's more aspiring, more more kind of becoming and the never the opportunity to being. Yeah. Of course, yeah. So actually just to plant your feet in your life right now and be like, it's okay to be me here right now. Yeah. Warts and all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, I mean, you've like basically answered every single question I have. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, what made you... I have loads of questions, so it's really annoying. I can't pinpoint one, but this is... Just chuck them at me. I'll see what I can do. Okay, well, so so another one I have that sort of goes off topic, what we were talking about. Are meditation and Buddhism the same thing? What, uh, Well, not the same thing. Obviously, they're not the same thing, but like, do you have to be a Buddhist and shit to, to meditate? No. No, of course not. No. Buddhism simply gives you a framework with which to understand certain experiences you might have in meditation. Right. Is, is Buddhism a... What is Buddhism? Is it a religion or is it a philosophy? You know, or? To, actually, I'm not a Buddhist. Right. I, I, I'm fascinated by the teachings and the philosophy, but I, I'm not... I've never taken any sort of ordination as a Buddhist. I've never confirmed that as a, as a thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't... I don't consider it a religion, but some Buddhists do. So I don't right. know. I really that for me that's sort of beside the point. It's the the core of the teachings is incredibly valuable, and like I said, sort of lays out a map which can give some understanding to experiences that might happen during meditation practices right. um, that our normal sort of Western mind doesn't have any framework for that that can that can understand these experiences so it tends to be reflected upon from a very specific viewpoint that doesn't quite grasp the what's going on in the experience if that makes any sense yeah totally yeah um much like i would say um using psychedelics when you're in the psychedelic state yeah 
it's very different to the state you return to afterwards. But the the state you return to is the state from which you reflect upon the state of the psychedelic state. Oh, Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So then your framework that you're reflecting on it from is entirely different to the framework you're reflecting to. So there's a distortion. There's, there's, you then impose a lot of your normal consciousness uh, notions and ideas and beliefs onto this I- this experience you had that was almost free from a lot of those beliefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, yeah. There's a, so there's a weird kind of mirroring goes on where you do it, and there's a distortion that we don't tend to notice. So for me, Buddhist teachings and psychology and philosophy uh, give you a framework that you can use to through which to understand your experience more fully right yeah yeah yeah. that's cool yeah because sometimes i do feel like the (laughs) (laughs) massive cast iron kettle super weighs a lot more than i'd expected (laughs) jeez um it's like a workout i know yeah and i spilled half of it as well no it's terrible for that sorry (laughs) uh, we wondered whether or not that was why they're called kettle bells the the weight things yeah because that is basically one yeah um slightly off off topic there. <laughs> um cuz th- this is one of the issues not issues but like one of the one of the thoughts i have sometimes is on reflecting when we've meditated and stuff mm-hmm. um cuz i almost my brain almost goes with everything you're saying, my brain interprets that as we shouldn't, we don't even need to acknowledge that we've just been meditating. Like, or, do you know what? You can leave it behind. Yeah, I mean, there is that, that possibility. You meditate, you get off the cushion, you carry on with your day. You just leave that behind in that moment. You carry over some, uh, like a, a scent from the meditation, I would hope. Yeah. Um, so it, it kind of bleeds into your life in, in ways where you're perhaps a bit more mindful or a bit more aware or you notice things. Um, but in actual, in terms of what happened during the meditation, maybe there was some particular, you know, uh, sensational or feeling or, or, or state you reached. I mean, one of the one of the great teachings of Buddhism is just leave that behind. It's just an experience. Yeah. Just leave it behind. Carry on. You you know, because then you're again caught in reflecting on the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're no longer present in your own life. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's what. And yeah. so my brain goes, ah, well we shouldn't be talking about this <laughs> or like, yeah, or not shouldn't, but like, yeah, you know, of course. It's yeah. a, and I did struggle with that quite a bit or not, not a lot, but when we, cause Kai, it's all my thoughts coming in at once. Right. Stream of consciousness. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel privileged to be witnessing. <laughs> so Kai, when she did your meditation retreat, mm-hmm. which I'll talk to you about in a minute as mm-hmm. well, actually, but she, if that's all right, she came back from that retreat and then dragged me along to uh, the Buddhist center in, in, or the Vihara, sorry, in Chiswick. Yes. Um, which I went along to with her. And again, I guess similarly with being a child and, and liking the little trinkets of Buddhism or like, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. um, I instantly fell in love with the place. I walked in, it was like, smelled like incense, <laughs> nice warm light, the carpet's lovely, and like, we're all just going to sit on the floor and meditate. It's great. Like, um, But after, and I, I sort of hit it hard because she came back from that, said, should we go to this thing on Tuesday? So what, when would you have got back from that retreat? It would have been a Sunday, right? Or a Monday? Uh, yeah, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, so she came back. She was like, let's go to the Buddhist Vihara on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So we went on the Tuesday did this two two hour meditation in the morning and then someone told me at that group she was like oh we do wednesday nights as well and mm-hmm. this wednesday there's this guy called bante covida mm-hmm. uh he's coming in he's really good you should come so i was like oh yeah i'll come and i came on wednesday night and then they were like oh bante's doing a or covida or whatever, whichever one you used <laughs> short term is uh is doing uh a retreat on saturday mm-hmm. um where it's a long, it's like, I think it's like eight hours. It was like two until eight or nine. Right. Um, and it was really cool. It was, he was great. He's this, uh, I guess both his parents are Chinese, but he was born and raised in Jamaica Brilliant. and then moved to Canada and has the most interesting accent for a Chinese looking guy. Right. Wow. Is that racist? <laughs> no, I don't no. think so. No, it's, <laughs> it's just, just an observation. It sounded really yeah. uh, inappropriate. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah, no, he he's he's he was fascinating. What was my point? Oh yeah, so after that and hearing him talking, because this was like my this was my introduction to meditation and Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Was this monk in an orange in orange robes in this intense environment? Yeah, um, and afterwards I found myself. I felt really good and I came out going, nothing matters. <laughs> Nothing's important. And that was my initial thought. Mm-hmm. And for some reason that made me feel good. Because it made me go, my problems don't matter. But then later on, as, I, as my thoughts start coming back in, I went, yeah, my problems don't matter. My clothes don't matter. My relationships don't matter. <laughs> my life does not matter. <laughs> and then I got into this hole of like, wait a minute. So nothing matters, which is good. And then I got confused, as right. I quite easily do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, help me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can. No, I know. But there, you, there, there is the tendency to... to Again, this is the thing I think upon originally hearing them and, and, and certain aspects of the teachings and, and uh, processing them through our Western mind, there is the tendency for them to sound nihilistic. Yeah. And in my experience, Sorry, they're not. I don't not. fully know what nihilistic means. Uh, sort of a, a, a meaninglessness about everything. Nothing yes. matters. Okay. It's all just whatever. You die, you die. It's all kind of like, you know, yeah. very sort of blunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There can be that tendency. Um, yeah. But... So for, for, I think my issue is that I, because then what I started to think was, oh, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. I just can't handle it because I am subscribing and choosing mm-hmm. to be a part of society mm-hmm. that contradicts mm-hmm. all of this stuff. Yeah. So then I started going, I need to go and live in a, <laughs> monastery in in somewhere like Nepal, or, Nepal yeah. or whatever you know like yeah and I was thinking oh everyone should just do that we should all just leave and mm-hmm. go and live in a cave and live like animals or and basically just devolve yeah um not devolve is that even a word no but I know what you're getting you know what I'm yeah so so what you got there was an incredible insight into the extremities of mind yeah you went from one side completely to the other yeah in a very short space of time <laughs> this is the tendencies of our mind it's it's very extreme it yeah. doesn't reside anywhere in the middle it can take again practice and and some degree of of um i suppose just sticking with it in terms of in coming to a point where there's some balance between the two it doesn't have to be an all or nothing all right uh, situation that's just kind of how the mind frames it it's like it's, it's either got to be this way yeah. or it's got to be this way and actually there is the possibility it can be both ways you can bring some of that i mean we're not really culturally we're not kind of set up for that sort of hermit style living yeah I mean, people do do i've met a lot of western um monks who have moved you know have traveled abroad and lived in the forest or up a mountain or and that's okay for some people. It's not for all of us. No. Um, but there is the possibility of, of combining this practice uh, mindfully with the the culture we live in. To, to sort of assimilate it into our lives in order to make our lives, the flavor of our lives different within the larger context. And if enough people were to begin to do that, we would change the bigger picture. Right. Um so yeah, it, I don't think it need be that kind of that that sort of false dichotomy of of you know this or that. Yeah, it can be a bit of both. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Your life matters, and it doesn't. Yeah, totally. Okay. That that for me would be true. And you don't. I don't. I don't need to rationalize it. No, because your mind can't resolve. Yeah. And and you know and sort of both and it's always a, an either or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can never go with. Well, what does it mean? It matters, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. That's the truth of it. It doesn't make any sense to our minds, but that would be the truth of our experience in many ways. Yeah, and saying that leads me to another question, <laughs> um, which is, and this one's a bit far out. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just a far out situation that okay. I've built in my head. Like, Great. Uh, yeah, so imagine someone was born. <laughs> okay. And then 
somehow you know they got they could get put somewhere mm-hmm. in a I don't know the forest or something is that the original place Buddha became Buddha um, no no but there are there are sort of the Vihara is is a Theravadan tradition which is is, is Sri, um, Lankan, right? Sri Lankan and uh, for, the Thai forest right, tradition right. as well so oh, it right. started in northern Thailand oh cool and, and it was it was in Sri Lanka as well but yeah no idea there you go. I've been going yeah. there for ages now <laughs> you don't really need to know <laughs> yeah I know That's, I do feel bad about it though because oh, I, I wouldn't worry about it know. the practice is more important than all the sort of the the window dressing as I like yeah, think of it. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good thing. Anyway, we'll go. We'll get onto that. We'll get so there. <laughs> this baby yeah, gets yeah. put in the woods mm-hmm. and can somehow feed itself and not get eaten by stuff and yeah. keep itself warm and all that. Yeah, somehow. So this is not fantasy at all. No, no, no. Like, yeah, okay. it's, it's, all perfectly this reasonable to me. and impossible. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. Um, and never what i'm saying is or okay to make it more real yeah okay you have a two people have a child Mm -hmm. live separate from everyone else Mm -hmm. and never talk in front of it Mm -hmm. so basically this kid lacks language Mm -hmm. does he or she have thoughts I have no idea. Yeah, of course. Why would you? <laughs> no. Because thoughts come in images as well. Yeah, true. So you would still be conceptually creating images in your mind. Um, you probably wouldn't have language as a reference if you'd never heard be... it. But I, I couldn't. Yeah, of course. See, this is, this is one of the wonderful things is, is for me, the, the idea, speculation becomes irrelevant. It becomes sort of redundant in many ways. We can speculate all day long about anything yeah totally and that's kind of again that's the mind at play it can it can put together so many possible scenarios to sort of and you know to hypothetically kind of chew on ultimately none of the matter really all the matters is this right now this me sitting opposite you this is all that's happening for us right now anything else is just sort of fantasy or speculation or or imagination which have their place Yeah, yeah but Really, it's just, it's, you know, if that happens, we'll never know. Yeah. Yeah, true. And it's, it's best just to sort of stick to what we know, what we can quantify for ourselves, which is we do think in language. We do have thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the most part, they're, they can be entirely destructive right. because of the way they're held. Not because the thought in itself is destructive, but because we cling to the thoughts and we believe them to be real. We right. believe them to be true, I would say, would be more, more accurate than real. We, begin, we be, Most of us don't question the truth of our assumptions or our thoughts or our con- concepts or beliefs. We just kind of, that's our, our zero default point is like, this stuff is all true. Yeah. And then I'm open to find out about everything else. But this stuff is true, therefore I never need to examine it. And what meditation does and what Buddhism tries to point to and actually I should also point out many other of the sort of um, religious traditions at their core also point to the same thing is that maybe there's some stuff you need to look at and find out if it's true rather than assume it to be so because it could be a lot of your suffering or your pain or your um, you know sort of problems in your life arise out of these fundamental uh, uh, sort of misconceptions and assumptions that you kind of either don't know to look at or refuse to acknowledge might not be true. Yeah. You know, sort of that would, that for me is the value of a lot of these practices is we begin to sort of reshape our view of ourselves and of the wider world. And that can be hugely liberating, I think. Yeah. I mean, much of my drug use was, in, was an attempt to escape who I thought I was. Right. I thought I was this person. I thought I was this, I thought I was that and I couldn't, cope with being that person so i'd made an assumption there i am who i think i am right and therefore i have to i have to numb myself from that because i can't handle that i can't handle all the ugly stuff i don't want to look at yeah. or the stuff i'd rather disown and i rather wasn't true about me just don't want that to be real so i can just escape by using drugs and actually what zen asked me to do is let's look at who you think you are and find out if it's true because if it's not maybe you don't need to escape from it 
Yeah. And that was my realization was that I didn't need to escape from who I thought I was because I wasn't who I thought I was. <laughs> I was already free. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, man. It, uh, it's really, uh, it maybe it's really making me think, which is maybe not, you know. Thinking's useful. It, is can, what it, it is. Well, yeah. I mean, it, like I said, in the Zen tradition, they use uh, koans, which yeah. are these enigmatic questions, which are designed to lure you into thinking. Right. So as the thinking mind exhausts itself, it gets to a point where it can't quite resolve the question at hand through its normal rational logical means. So sometimes thinking this stuff through can be really useful because you might come to sort of this abrupt uh, point where the mind just goes, oh, fuck it. And then in that fuck it moment, you get a moment of clarity or peace or insight or just, ah, oh, yeah. sort of an exhalation. Suddenly you, you, you've been holding your breath, your muscles, everything while you've been thinking and really getting head up. And then, oh. and then and your it, brain goes, we did it. And then your brain goes, <laughs> we did it. And off you go again until you realize what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> fucker. Yeah. Oh, it's a real fucker. <laughs> Do you think though, and this isn't what I think necessarily, but I'm just... Uh, playing devil's advocate I guess mm -hmm. do you think that it can meditation can or mindfulness if that's I just put all these words in the same box no problem um, <laughs> I shouldn't um, do you think it can damage imagination which no. is something that an actor quite no I think it, it, it can it can free you up from a lot of the Maybe some of the little constraints, the inhibitions, the little, I mean, not solely. If you, you know, if you start meditating, it won't necessarily have that effect, but it won't damage it. It won't, it, but again, it, it kind of depends on how it's reflected upon. If you have no framework, you might start to think that, um, you know, certain things happening are, are bad or weird and not, not see them through. I'm not very very clear but i think the the benefit to an actor so the benefit to act and i, I made a note of this on the tube oh, this cool. morning because i used to be a musician yeah i say yeah. used to be i still play guitar but i pursued being a musician for um 15 18 years yeah and what i loved about music was that when you're being creative in any form acting painting music dancing whatever it might be yeah. you are immersed in the action as it's happening without a sense of getting to the end when you're in a play you're not acting each scene with the thought of getting to the final scene getting to the bow at the end there's not you're not working towards that point it's each scene is in its own right full and complete should be. and whole yeah. and should be unfortunately our culture has sort of commodified it and turned it into another venture where it becomes this we're looking at it maybe in, in different ways but really if you're really immersed in that creative um, energy then you simply are immersed in that creative energy with no sense of it going anywhere. It doesn't need to go anywhere. This right now is enough. Yeah. Um, so meditation for me became, like I said, this, this pointless act where I was able to do the same thing as I do in creative processes. It's just without the being creative. I right. was just able to just, just sit or practice just saying it's, it's hard your mind will wander yeah, yeah. all day long you want to scratch itch fidget all sorts yeah, yeah. swallow that's the worst one for me yeah yeah that's <laughs> it <laughs> um Sorry. so we lose like it, it's it's kind of it's a creative venture in itself in that sense it has that in in i would say in common with creative ventures in that it's just about the act of doing it which is why we're drawn to i think creative um ventures is that there's that moment of selflessness. There's that moment of your image of, of being Lewis is gone because you're immersed in this other character. You're immersed in the lines. You're immersed in whatever's going on in that moment. And there's this freedom to completely express. And then, and then it, you know, so, so at that moment, there's this openness and freedom. And then at the end of it, you kind of close down again. And you then look at these things as projects and things to aspire to. And right. So for me, music, I loved performing. Yeah. But uh, it became a real drag to do all the other stuff surrounding it. It became a drag for it to become, a, to have to be the means by which I made money. 
because yeah. I never did it really to make money. Yeah, well, you don't as a 13, 10, 12-year-old, whatever you are. And as I got older, it's just you get taught, well, if you want to keep doing this, yeah. you're going to have to earn some money somehow yeah. doing it. So it kind of took the took that joy of it. It became then another just another thing in my life that was a means to an end rather than... The thing you love. Just do doing. it. Yeah, yeah, and now I just do it. I have a guitar still. I play. I might sing to myself every now and again. I don't need to perform. I can just do it whenever I want it and just completely get lost in it for an hour and then put it down, carry on with my day, do whatever I want to do. So there's not the, I better come up with the next hit song. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think it's a shame in many ways that, so I, I, we can reconnect with that creativity rather than dulling creativity or imagination. I think it can bring us back to really experiencing that for ourselves, really getting into that space of just, just doing whatever you're doing for the sake of it yeah. and nothing else. Because I certainly, once you start to make any of these things your career or your livelihood, it does suck some of the joy out of it, which I'm sure you can. Oh yeah, oh yeah, totally. confirm. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the, as I said to you earlier, the impulse for this podcast is mm. was, you know, I'm not getting paid to as much as I was hoping mm. to for my art or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I need to do something myself. So in a way, well, it kind of worked out well because I love doing this podcast mm -hmm. and I don't make any money from it. <laughs> there you go. So win-win. <laughs> yeah, and we're not striving toward the end of this. It's yeah, just yeah. kind of ambling along as, it, as it's going without any point. Yeah. It need not have a point. Why do we always have to make everything have a point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite this. I'm enjoying this exchange. And, oh, totally. You yeah. know, it's, it, it doesn't need to sort of fulfill in any particular way. We'll just... We, it's, it's sort of spontaneously unfolding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like our lives. <laughs> yeah, I think you just ruined the podcast for me. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah, but no, like, like I'm aiming it at a certain type of people. And, oh, wait, that's just so I get more people to listen to it. Maybe no one's listening to it, and that's fine. So let me ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. What have you gained, do you feel? What have been the benefits for you without sort of, again, without sort of pinning, you know, I've got this out of it, but what have you noticed that has changed for you in that time that you've been meditating? Um... I've noticed a, a, an, an actual calm mm -hmm. in me. And I think it comes from that point where I had the nothing matters sort of episode in mm -hmm. my head. Um, and I've sort of diluted it again, or not diluted it, but sort of not trying to work something out about it. Mm -hmm. um, I find it easier to let things go. Mm-hmm. As an actor, you go for an audition, you come out and you beat yourself up for, you know, well, until you hear back or sometimes you don't. So you beat yourself up forever. <laughs> Indefinitely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> Infinite beating. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's, it's helped me to, I, I think, um, you know, come out of an audition and go, well, I did... I did it. Mm -hmm. I did what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not doing it. So I'm going to go and have a pint or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, uh, I, I think when I was saying earlier that I believe that I'm this calm, laid back person and, and some people might not think that, mm -hmm. uh, some people who know me might not think that. They invariably won't. Nobody sees you the way you see you. Yeah, totally. No two people see you the same. Yeah, it's true. What you, who am I? <laughs> you I'll leave me. you with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I feel like I... This is not coming out very well, but people have always said, a, you know, a thing about me is that I'm chilled mm -hmm. or you know, laid back are the words that I hear the most. Mm -hmm. um, and I f used to find it weird because maybe I am on the outside or like, you know, I'm, I, I'm not very uh, active mm -hmm. or I'm active, but I'm not, when I'm sat here with you, I don't, you know, I'm not, you know, so highly charged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a highly energized person. Mm -hmm. it, that sounds bad, though. But no, not, no, no. You know you're not manic. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Frantic. Yeah. 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 There's a certain there's a certain calmness about you. Yeah. yeah. But obviously not in your head. 
Not at all in my head. No. Yeah, thanks for getting me to the end of that. That's sentence. okay. So I, again, join the club. I think I think most people are. Yeah. No, totally. And and but this has made what people I think through meditating and mm-hmm. and, and meditating, um, it has matched my exterior or what people used to see or people see as my exterior has mm-hmm. my my mind has kind of matched that now mm-hmm. and. I don't know what I'm saying, really. I used to worry about... I, No. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I've lost myself in my own head, as it's I great. often do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, is, which is, sometimes I go, fuck you, meditation. You're supposed to help me not do this anymore. Which I don't know why I gave myself that goal through meditation. No. And who said that would be the no one. an outcome? No. 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 Um, but it's... I don't know what it's done for me. Okay. Actually, yeah, yeah, have that. Yeah, great, <laughs> great. I don't know is a really, it's an interesting place to sort of reside. If we could reside in, I don't know a lot more. Yeah. Generally speaking, I mean, uh, in Zen they have a saying that you know, um, beginner's mind, which beginner's mind is kind of like like when you start something new and you're totally open to all possibilities and you're yeah. open to learn and you're open to see things in a way that perhaps you've never seen them before. Yeah. They say in the, in the mind of a beginner, there are many opportunities, but in the mind of a, an expert, there are few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you know stuff, it's very hard for any more information to come in. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know. It's great. Just see how it goes. It's an ongoing experiment. I say to a lot of people on the retreats, you know, you have this kind of, you know, your cushion or your, your mat you're sitting on. You've got kind of a three foot by three foot square where you're conducting your very own private ex- like science experiment. Yeah, and yeah. you're finding out what's going on for you. Yeah. Because most of us are so out of whack, out of touch with what the hell is going on for us right now. We could tell you about what's been going on or what might happen or what that person said or this person did or that was on. But to actually just go into like the sensations in the body, the feelings, what's happening in your head. Are you tense? Are you relaxed? Are you are you hot? Are you cold? Any you actually people need to go, oh, hang on one second. And a lot of people don't know how to just actually feel feel yeah because we're so trained toward not feeling yeah because we don't have time to feel we don't have time to do this we you know there's just no space for all this to happen and actually again meditation allows for that space to begin it to become intimate with how it is to be you right now which is an incredibly unique event in you know in the infinity of time this is entirely unique yeah in every possible way yeah and so to actually come in touch, you know, come into some di- direct contact with that is to be alive. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I don't, I love it, but I don't know why. And I, maybe it's the language thing and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't really put into words, but I feel good. Great. What more would you want? Well, exactly. So I don't necessarily need to look into it. No. But in another, uh, to put it into another sort of, put it in another way mm-hmm. or another form is, recently I had an audition where it was group auditions and then we split off. Um, or it was it was a group audition and then we went into the room one by one and then the next person would join. And I was last mm-hmm. um, at the first round and I got through to the second round. So um, I had like a five, ten minute chance before each of my own personal auditions to sit in an empty room because everyone leave, left after their you know, interview or one on one session and just feel. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that this is what meditation is for, but it. I, I stopped going, I'm not right for this. Uh, I don't think I can give them what they want. Mm-hmm. Did I do the same thing as I did in the first round? I'm not sure. You know, all these thoughts, that we, we call it the little fucker at drama school. Yeah. And, it, you know, all of these things coming in. Uh, but I just sat for five minutes before going in, closed my eyes, put my hands on my knees, and just focused on my breathing. Mm-hmm. And didn't think anything went into the room, felt super chilled out <laughs> to, the, to the point where when I came out afterwards, I thought, shit, I was way too relaxed in there. 
because I, you know, I'm quite renowned for leaning right back in my chair. But I try and not do that, you know, when I when I go into one, I consciously make the effort to not do that in auditions, mm-hmm. which means I'm thinking about how I'm sitting, mm-hmm. not about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I think the way it helped is that I calmed down. I I got gained some sort of stillness in my mind. Obviously, there were still things going on, mm-hmm. and. I didn't register that I was slouching in my chair or talking how I talk until I'd left. Mm-hmm. But it didn't matter because at the time that it was important, I felt like I was on a, on a level, mm-hmm. for want of a better phrase. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it really helped me in that way. Yeah. I don't know if it's just a co- I got that job. Right, okay. I don't know if it's coincidence. But... The point is your experience of that was changed yeah. by doing it. So whether you got it because of that or that had a part... I mean, it had a part to play. Of course it did. Everything yeah. did. Because it happened. Because it happened. Yeah. But just if you're an actor and, it, you know, there that that doubting, that kind of constant commentary that's going to say, you, you're not, oh, what are you doing here? You're never going to get yeah, this. Yeah. Well, you know, go, oh, who do you think you are? Yeah. All of that. It's, it's good if we can get past that because that will be... You can bet your bottom dollar that that will be the voice that will make sure you don't get the job. Yeah. If you're too tuned into that and you go in and you're a bit wobbly and you're shaking a little and it suddenly it's got the better of you, yeah. which can happen. I mean, I remember playing gigs where I'd be like shaking so crazily that, I mean, it was visible from the, oh, yeah. from the audience because I was so nervous because this voice was going like, what are you doing here? How dare you even think you have a place on this stage? So if you can use it, I mean, if, if, if it works for you, I mean, I often teach to people that, you know, there's kind of two two um sorry no so it's lovely yeah um there's kind of two aspects to meditation i would say you could kind of put it in two camps and there's sort of for relaxation and well-being yeah and then insight right you can use them both either together or or um independent of one another yeah so if you want to use it for well-being if you want to use it to be calmer if you want to use it to um then it, it can have that as a byproduct if you're going in with this so too many ideas of what it's going to give you. Yeah. Chances are it won't. Yeah. yeah because yeah. how can it? But if you go into it with a sort of relatively open mind and you're just wanting to slow down once or twice a day because it can't hurt to do so, then it will have byproducts to it that will involve a sense of slight sense of calmness or a bit more relaxed or a bit more mindful or a bit more aware or whatever that might be. And then there's the other side, which is the insight, which if you if you want to start looking into things, um, you know, then then you can use it for that as well right so they're kind of two different fields i mean they're kind of taught separately in many ways yeah yeah, yeah. because some people that just want to be relaxed they don't want to find out who they are or what the essence of reality is or their true nature or you know or any of that stuff they don't want to sort of dip their toe in that murky pond of what's going on in your mind yeah. they just want to chill out a bit so it's great it's 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 possible for that to be the case so just to still yourself and ground yourself before you go in to do something like that can be hugely valuable yeah so i think the main thing is in terms of acting is which i didn't start doing it for mm-hmm. is nerves yeah or the little fucker yeah telling me i'm shit or not right for i this. had the same little fucker but rather than it being necessarily um limited to pre-audition or post-audition yeah, yeah. it would be like everything everything i did in yeah. my life would be like what are you doing oh yeah who the fuck do you think you are you idiot yeah yeah yeah. and I, I couldn't live with that it was just unbearable it was like this tyrannical kind of i mean if if somebody if you were to follow me and say that shit to me it'd be really fucking annoying. i'd knock you out yeah. <laughs> but for some reason it's okay that my own head i, I know there's no way i can escape my i mean you know, i tried every avenue to escape it and eventually it was always there you know i come down off a three-day bender and <laughs> guess who's waiting for me yeah yeah yeah. you know fire stoked you ready might have knocked him out but he's ready he's, to get back up and, and he's stronger yeah. as well i didn't even knock him out i you know in this occasion he just was weight training for three days while yeah. i got high <laughs> and then he i came back and he was stronger than before Shit. so i mean i totally get in 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 if we can quieten that for any amount of time then wow what a gift yeah yeah totally yeah what a gift so i think that does that answer your question yeah yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh well, I, I, I was going to ask you. <laughs> it's pretty. It's quite similar. So I, I don't know, but I thought 
asked to ask you what how do you think meditation and maybe how do you think meditation can be specifically helpful to actors performers uh, musicians whatever yeah, just that grounding yeah just coming back just getting out of the that headspace and coming back to right here right now so you can focus on what you're doing because the immersion into your art form requires you to be here yeah not there yeah 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 as soon as you're there again another thing i noticed when as a musician is is that often i would sort of glance down and my hands would be doing incredible things on the guitar yeah yeah and i couldn't have told you how yeah but the moment I started to think about it or the moment I doubted it or second guessed it, that would be the moment mistakes would start to happen. Yeah, that yeah, would yeah. be like, oh shit, I don't know what the next chord is and suddenly <laughs> forgetting songs that I've played a million times yeah. because I start to get in my own way in, in some ways. So though I wasn't practicing at the time in any way, certainly if you can get out of your own way for an, uh, for an audition and just be present for the audition and give everything and come out knowing you've given everything. Mm -hmm. That's all that matters. Exactly. Yeah. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Sometimes you don't get it, and then the next day you get the dream job. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, not always, but <laughs> there is that possibility that it just wasn't for you in that time. Again, this is how it sort of progresses further: is that we can begin to see bigger pictures. We can begin to see that, you know, it just it wasn't. F Maybe it looked like the dream job to me from this side. Yeah. But who's to say I get it and I don't hate it and it's a disaster. So if I didn't get it, okay, I just didn't get it. I just need to leave the job there as yeah. opposed to, oh my God, why didn't I get it? Because as soon as you start to think why, it's going to be all the little fucker telling you why. Yeah, so maybe it would be good after uh, a rejection mm -hmm. uh, to just go, yeah, I'm pissed off, but... Let me just stop that for a second, or not stop it, just let it happen, but sit down and meditate for, just think of nothing for 10 minutes. Not think of nothing, not, not, maybe yeah, maybe yeah, just sorry, feel sorry. what it feels like to be pissed off, but know all okay, the while yeah. it's not personal. Great, yeah. It's personal in the sense we didn't want that guy, but it's not like we didn't want that guy because he's, he's okay. the, yeah, he's an idiot, we don't yeah, want yeah. him, which is what your mind, your mind turns it into this personal thing. Yeah. And then somehow they saw through you and knew all your little nuances yeah, yeah, yeah. that you don't want people to say oh, that's why you didn't get the job you just didn't get it because you weren't right for the job for whatever reason the reason is almost irrelevant at that point yeah so it's it'd be good maybe maybe sit down and just feel pissed off 100 percent feel pissed off without right. having to sort of project it out onto people and get angry and maybe take it out on your spouse or your parents or your co-worker or instead just okay you know what if you sit and feel angry for a moment i, I assure you anger will pass if you don't feed into it with I'm angry because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's just anger, it'll bubble up and it'll feel toxic and hot and all the things that anger feels, but then it'll it'll simmer back down again and it'll be gone. Usually it's that we plug into it with all the stories of why we're angry, why, you know, this kind of righteous indignation, I should have got the job. Who's Who says you should have got the yeah, job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. According to whom? Yeah. We, we tag so much onto the situation, which is what causes us the suffering. The anger itself is not a problem, provided you can just be with that and not turn it into something that then get, or you, you decide maybe I can't be angry about it. And then it gets sort of pushed back into your shadow and then it comes out in the way you behave with somebody. Instead, you project that anger onto somebody else because you can't bear to be angry about not getting a job. Yeah. It gets very complicated. Well, I mean, it's not as simple, but it's complicated yeah. in terms of, but just, just feeling what you feel and it's okay to feel angry. But just know why you're feeling angry and, and don't make, you know, don't add too much to it. Don't make stories about it. Yeah. Because they, in a, in a, you know, invariably aren't true. Yeah. Fucking hell. It's mad, isn't it, what we do? We're wonderful creatures. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're insane. Let's not get that, you know, let's make no bones about that. We're insane, but we're wonderful at the same time. Um, maybe some of our wonder is within the insanity, but there's a great deal of unnecessary suffering we go through as well yeah which we can do something about we do have a choice yeah, yeah. it's just whether or not we either we're inclined to take it, either there's some curiosity yeah. like there might be with you it's like it's not important why you're curious yeah, just yeah. follow that energy of curiosity and it'll be a, it'll, it'll serve you well yeah um and more than likely if you're an actor or creative in any way you have that 
there's that spark of curiosity in you. Yeah. I think all creative people are sensitive to that in some way. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what makes, I mean, creativity comes generally from what I would consider more sensitive people yeah. in some way or another. Um, and that comes with curiosity, it comes with a certain willingness to find out in some way. So if you can just take that energy and not read too much into why and what is it about it and just go with it. And it'll, it'll, I think it'll serve us pretty well in the long term. Yeah, great, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Do you have anything else to ask me? Um, you don't have to. I'm just. No, I'm just, just, uh, no, nothing really. No. Amazing. I think that's a good way to, it feels like a natural end and it's perfect timing as well. Not that we were aiming for that time. No, no, no. I can't <laughs> even see the time. So <laughs> um, would you be up for this, doing a little meditation idea? This doesn't have to be recorded or anything, but like, would you be up for recording a guided kind yeah, of absolutely. meditation? Yeah, 100%. Um, awesome. Yeah. We'll do that. Great. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you. There you have it, ladies and gents. That was Michael McCaffrey talking to us all about meditation. Um, as I was saying at the end there, Michael did a guided meditation for us, a 20-minute guided meditation. Really simple. You can do it anywhere, basically. Do it on the tube. You can do it at home, um, at work. You know, If you've got 20 minutes spare to just sit down and, and listen through this, I think it's really, really useful. Um, so do check that out. Also check out Michael's website, which is returntosilence.co.uk. Um, and you can see his retreats and all the kind of stuff that he does on there. Yeah, I think it was a real, a really good one. So thank you very much to Michael. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, ladies and gents. And I hope you will enjoy the guided meditation. I guess just the thing about that is that I was doing it sat on a chair while he was going through it. We, you don't have to be sat on a chair. You can be sat on the floor. You can be sat on a chair. You can do whatever you want with it. It's yours to play with. My gift to you. So thanks again, and I will speak to you next week. Big love. Cheerio. Twas like gay and easy, whatever may come. Take a trip on the canal if you want to have fun. Mm -hmm.